Hungary's Chong Oleman is continuing his family's triathlon dynasty in style along with brother Bensi. The son of former Hungarian national champion and now their coach Tibor Lehmann, Chong won the junior world title on the Gold Coast in 2018. And after silver in 2019, he took the under 23 world title last year in Edmonton. Undoubtedly ready for a first full season in the elite and setting big goals for 2022. Chongo, welcome to the podcast. How are you and where are you? Thank you for inviting me. Uh, currently, I'm at home in Tisoyvaros in Hungary. So back to real, tra- real training after some days of, of uh, easy skiing. Nice. Is that a regular part of your off-season, managing to get out and hit the snow? Yeah, usually we go just to relax a bit. And now because the season didn't won't start too early, we thought that we, we have the opportunity to do it right now. Last year, uh, sadly, we couldn't go. But uh, yeah, it was really good good to relax in the mountains. And it's also good for, for the sport as well, I think, because we're skiing like all day long. And it's a really good, good strength for the legs. And, and because of the, the clear air and the nice uh, weather, it's also good for, for the health, I think. Yeah. Any cross-country skiing in there? I don't know if you caught any of the um, winter triathlon world champs at the weekend, but uh, yeah, is that, is that anything that's ever kind of intrigued you? Obviously, like you're, you're quite into your mountain biking as well, right? So is there anything that might tempt you for a, a little different start to a season as well at some point? Uh, we used to do cross-country skiing and yeah, I, I watched the, the winter triathlon as well. It was really... Uh, good how I saw it on the on the pictures and uh, yeah we we stick to the cyclocross at these times and uh, of course running as much as we can at the at the heels not too fast pace because at this part of of the preparation I think it's uh, really good and uh, yes yeah <clears throat> yeah so you're back in Tizelvaros, one of the hardest places on the circuit to spell and pronounce. Um, but also, I mean, it, it's pretty much the home of Hungarian triathlon. Is that fair to say? It's been obviously a fixture on the on the World Cup circuit for a long time, the European Cup circuit. Um, and yeah, it's it's what a couple of hours from Budapest. It's uh, you know a, a pretty small town, but has been central to triathlon for for many years right yes i think we can say it's a quiet sleepy town in <laughs> hungary and not too close to the to the noisy uh budapest so yes it's it's a really really small town when there is there is no triathlon here and yeah i think we can say it's a really special and historical city in the life of triathlon i just watched the I just checked the the uh, posters on the wall of the of the clubhouse, and because there are there are posters from each year about the World Cup, and uh-huh. I think the first one was maybe at 1989 uh, or something like that. Maybe I'm not not uh, correct. And yeah, it's it's a really huge thing, I think, because uh, since that. There was there was so many World Cups in a row till 1920. That was the last one. Last year, sadly, we, we couldn't do that. And no, two years ago, we couldn't do that. And last year, we, we had a, a European Cup where I had the opportunity to race again, luckily. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, 
it's the home of the Hungarian triathlon, it, and it's a very uh, big part of the world triathlon as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, a relatively quiet town, except for two weeks of the year when, yeah, the world's some of the world's biggest triathletes descend on it. And, and you know, over the years, they really have right. The, the biggest names in the sport have raced it at, at various times, and it's um, is was it so Tizzy Triathlon Club uh, was was that set up by your dad? Like, just give us a a, a brief history if you can about kind of how how triathlon did come there and presumably i know triathlon you know has been a part of your family life as a result of your dad for since probably as far back as you can remember but uh, yeah are some of your formative memories actually you know watching some of those races just around the corner from your house and and getting inspired yeah i think it's a really traditional uh, club here we have in in Tisovimaros and uh it's like the part of my life since since I was born. I was playing playing in the clubhouse while while my father was was training and coaching the the athletes, and it was always always the part of my life. And I really liked the 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 spirit of it and the passion. But the the people in in the triathlon club uh, share for the sport. And I think it's really important. Everybody is in good relationship there, and so it's it's not just like a team. It's it's like a big family because everybody is for the same thing for the sport, and and we all all love it. And I think this is the reason why it can work very well. And what are I, yeah, just yeah, some of your some of your kind of standout memories from from when the yeah the the, the triathlon attentions of the world would switch to your hometown for for like that that week every every year for when it was the world cup and so on like you know faces you remember seeing race there and and up to yeah i mean your first race there as well was 2015 right uh, yes uh, when i was just a little kid the, this this whole world cup and this whole uh, triathlon week was like was like christmas for us because we, we were rating it uh, so badly uh, it was always a very big thing watching those those top athlete guys uh, racing each other and uh, and we were able to watch it from from really the next really from next to the to the track you know and we were also helping at the eight stations as well it was it was uh, like a, a dream coming through when they they uh, got the battle from us so we were really in in the the organization and in in it from the beginning and and yes when i was watching watching them i already knew that i want to to do something like this and i want to race here where where all these guys are racing and i want to be on the top like them and when i had the opportunity to race there like a, a homeboy like a boy from the from the town it's it's always a big honor and it's it's uh it's nothing nothing similar to that to like uh, other races because usually many athletes do not have the opportunity to race in in their hometown and it always gives so much uh, extra power on the race as well and it's it's something different to race in front of that crowd you you know and and they cheer cheer for us so much for every uh hungarian athlete and especially for the for the athletes from the town yeah yeah, I mean, uh, you know, over the years, am I right in thinking 
Jan Frodeno raced that race there. Javi Gomez. Yeah, yeah. Javi Gomez were here many times and he won. And and uh, yes, Jan Frodeno as well. Mm. And there were many uh, magnificent sprints between like Kallefeld and uh, Dimitri Guy. So many uh, unforgettable moments. Kind of surreal watching uh, Jan Frodeno diving into the little lake in the middle of your town i can imagine like it's a it's a notoriously for those who don't know it the 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 swim is is pretty tight in there isn't it in that little lake yes but uh, i think it, at that time uh the swim was not in that lake but uh, in a close one next right. to a village in Tisoyvaros. but it's 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 kind of similar it's also a small lake some athletes were i think uh walking at the at the swim because the water water was not too uh deep <laughs> it was something like this so it also had the same uh, atmosphere like now but maybe now it's a bit more intense because it's happening in a really small place just around the the square and the lake yeah so yeah the last the last world cup was 2019 no doubt there'll be um hopefully some more some more to be to be had there uh and yeah, it became quite a notorious for, for some good parties afterwards as well, right? Just um, it, it was definitely one that athletes were always like, oh, have you been? Have you? Oh, you haven't been? Yeah, you got to go. You got to experience it. And it was always kind of, what the heck goes on there? Yeah, yeah. But you had the opportunity to, to experience it some years ago, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, so, well, um, like I said, um, we have a few quick fire questions that we would like to uh, to to rattle through. We, um, okay, try my right. best. So, start with your your breakthrough race, the one that you walked away from feeling like you'd really kind of punched through and and hit the mark. I think one of of these races happened in Tisoyvaros, and it was my first real uh, World Cup in in the last one when when i really uh, raced with with the big names mm. the the world cup the year before was cancelled due to the storm so this was my first chance to to finish the the final race and i was just first uh, at first year of my uh, under 23 uh, age group mm. so i was quite a rookie there but I knew that I, I, I can be like in top 10 or something. But like I said, the, the, the crowd just pushed me to the limits. I, I, I was like, I can really kill myself in front of that crowd. So, so I almost did. And uh, <laughs> I was running, running with really big names. And it was like, uh, like a huge experience. I came fourth uh, at that time, just missed the podium by by some seconds. So I was a bit sad about that, but 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 at, at the end I was like, this is my first World Cup with the big boys, and it was it was quite a huge experience. I could do that in my hometown, in my home crowd, at my home crowd. So I was really really happy about that, and 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 that time I was thinking. If I do the hardest work I can, maybe I can reach the podium and be at the top as well. So that was a very, very memorable race for me. No doubt. So yeah, that was um, yeah, there was the likes of Eli Hemming there and Rian Solwald, and uh, I, I remember you 
you were you were leading with about 500 meters to go right and the, like <laughs> the crowd there was definitely like that, that yeah, yeah, because, kind of... yeah maybe because of my emotions and my heart my heart uh, i didn't think too much on the on the tactics so yeah i i went to the front like 500 meters before the end and just missed the podium but i was really happy happy with that fourth place yeah and presumably one of those that you yeah learned a lot from right you've got to do that at least a couple of times in your career like go a little bit early so you know what to <laughs> where that gauge is and yes yes <laughs> yes i needed that to 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 learn you know totally <clears throat> All right, so uh, your breakthrough race, Tizzy. So who would be your perfect training partner for a week and where would you do it? That's a really hard question because my teammates are already uh, the best I think I can have because I really love those bastards. <laughs> uh, we are really like each other and like best friends. Yeah. So Well, that's I good really... enough if it's, if it's your... Uh... Tizzy club. But, yeah, but of, of course I can choose. Like uh, some years ago, we were in Foramö and uh, the Norwegian team was also there. And uh, for one or two long rides, we could uh, join them. And we did these long rides together. And it, it was also a, a memory. But I will remember for a long time, mm -hmm. the current Olympic champion were also there, Christian Blumerfeld. And uh, Gustav Iden and Kasper Storms and, and that as well. So it was a huge experience to train with those guys because before training with them, we were like, oh yeah, we are training really hard. But after after that, those cycling sessions, we were like, no, these guys are the tough guys. So, so yeah. we just were in another perspective to watching them. And it's really inspirational, I think, for every athlete to watch these Norwegian athletes because we see that with, with hard work, uh, you can reach, uh, reach your dreams. I would really be happy if I, I would have the opportunity to do, to, to do a session with Jan Froden or Javier Gomez Noya because they are like the big heroes of my children ages. So you were in, you were in Font Romeo for this training camp and then was it just, was it coincidence that Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav and, and Kasper were in the town at the same time? Did, was your dad with you then as your coach and he kind of connected with Harold and said, can they tra train with you? Or was it, you know, how do those things come about? Because it's such a nice, nice thing that, that 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 sort of thing just happens, right? That you can just kind of hook into another training group and go. Yeah, I think it's really nice. Uh, yeah, many athletes join to other, other teams as well. We were there and uh, we already knew Kasper and uh, Vetle because they were uh, racing at, at the same age group as, as my brother and me. And we asked if, if we can join them for, for this long ride on Sunday. And, and yeah, they said yes, because it's, it's also good for them and for, for us as well to go in a bigger group. And yeah, it's, it was a quite a good like four or five hours with them talking. And it was really interesting to, to meet them and hear the stories about them. And, and also watching uh, Christian doing just like, uh, it, was, it seemed like he's doing a random tempo ridings when, when he thinks one, just started go, to go faster. And it was really insp inspirational to, to see this, how, how much he, he do and how much he loves that he's doing. So what, what, when you say long, dist long, long ride, what kind of distance was it? 
Uh, usually it's like five hours for now. Maybe that time it was four, mm. like uh, 150 kilometer or, or a bit less, like 125 or something. All right. So a bit of <clears throat> self-analysis then. What do you consider your strengths and weaknesses as an athlete? Uh, I think my strength is, is that I can really dedicate myself to my goals and, and to be really focused on, on those goals, what I, I want to, to do for the year and, and in long term as well. And uh, yeah, of course I have weaknesses, and, but I try to work on them with, with my team. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be a bit uh, more uh, focused on the recovery or something like this. You need someone to put the brakes on you sometimes a little bit, do you? And just say, look, just just get some recovery time in. You don't need to push it too hard and so on. Is that is that kind of the way it goes sometimes? Yes, sometimes it's like that. And and uh, luckily my father and, yeah, my father is always by my side uh, for this when when we are like, uh, we want to do a bit more to, to gain more, but uh, he's like, uh, just relax a bit because maybe if you do that training, you will be ill or something. and and uh yeah sometimes it's easier no sometimes it's uh it's uh the clever choice to to slow slow down a bit because we are uh, planning for a long term and we are not want to race the, the we don't want to win the next race we want to to win like that race but is at the end of one of this uh big planning term I can kind of imagine having your dad as your coach has obvious uh, positives and negatives, does it? Like, you know, so he, he, he must know you inside out, probably kind of predict the way you're going to react to something even before you know in, in some ways, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone that knows you so intimately must be, must be kind of a difficult, interesting situation. Is it an interesting dynamic? Yes, it's for sure. It's not like... Uh... A similar uh, coach and athlete relationship because it's much closer due to we are he's my father and I'm uh, his son but uh, I think this is why it works very well with me because uh, we are not we, we do not leave the triathlon at the at the clubhouse when we when we when we leave it like, like at 5 uh, p.m we always chatting about it and it's it's a very big part of our whole life to 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 chat and to try to to do more always do more but yeah of course sometimes we we have uh, we have uh, conflicts but luckily these are not too big and and uh, we can chat about it and and uh, not making it too big yeah yeah and equally, I suppose it must be important for you to be able to step away from it as well, right? I mean, you know, if you're at the club all day and then, like you say, you're kind of chatting about it with your dad after and, you know, that that it undoubtedly is is what a lot of your success can come down to already, like your kind of young success. But, um, you know, you don't. there's also, I guess, that risk of it's been, it's been part of your life since so, so young as well you got to keep it fresh, right? There must be, must be difficult for your dad to kind of keep, keep mixing it up enough to keep you coming back and to keep that hunger and to keep you wanting to kind of go back every day, <laughs> get back onto it. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Luckily now I'm uh, not living at home, so I'm I'm uh, doing my own and playing my own own things uh, at the normal life. So I also have the upper. I also have the the time to relax and don't think too much on the triathlon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a small flat, and I really really like to relax here and just just to be for myself. And I think this is these are those small times what uh, what I really need when I can relax and and then just go down to the to the clubhouse and and uh, to be able to push myself to the limits at every session. Yeah. So what what are your kind of hobbies? What do you do to switch off outside of outside of the sport? Yeah, I really like to do many things. Uh, I like to play like uh, on the on playstation it's a really good relaxing thing i'm really into uh vinyls i really like to to listen music on my record player and i'm kind of into into antique things i'm collecting them mm-hmm. and there is a, a huge antique market next to next to a city next to us next to us and i i usually go there to to look around and and the buy new stuff. So there are many hobbies what I do uh, next to triathlon, and these things uh, also turn me off, and I can I can relax with them. What's the uh, What's the record getting the most play on your on your record player at the minute? Then what are you listening to? Uh, at the moment, I I got the a vinyl from the uh, Black Sabbath, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that. It's the NIB. Mm-hmm. and that's that's the most listened one at the moment all right and uh finally then uh goals for 2022 and indeed beyond what are you what are you setting as your targets for this year uh in this year i will be 100 percent focused on the qualification to get points for the olympics and yeah that's that's the long-term goal and uh just for for this year I will try out myself at the at the World Championship Series like I already did, but now I will I will have uh, big plans as well, and I will do the the Elite World Championship at uh, Abu Dhabi. That's that's the main race I think for the season, mm-hmm. and of course some uh, World Cups World Cups as well, and uh, to do as much championship series races as i can to to try to be a top athlete in the elite field as well as i could at the under 23 yeah so like you said your edmonton last year was your last race you know your last world champs as an under 23 um how and you've had three wtcs now right kind of they've been they've been pretty well spread out 2019 you're first in yokohama and then 2020 um where was 2020 lausanne no that was the no i i had in 2020 i had i think i have four i had 2020 i had uh in uh hamburg, hamburg. The only yeah one. of course that was the only one and then almost another year gap until leeds last year um so yes. i mean how how has that how has that been obviously or rather presumably that that isn't how that isn't like the ideal way of of stepping into that 
you know that that step up into the series like doing one feeling like you're mixing it with the with the big guys and then having to wait another year and and then again uh so yeah how how do you how did you feel about about that situation about those long gaps in between each one uh yeah it was quite a huge experience my first one in Yokohama I got burned a little bit there because <laughs> it the set looked a bit too big from from the the category I raced in but I think I I needed that race to to see how fast these guys are going and to know what to expect for for the race on this on this uh, level so the result didn't come but but it was a great uh, experience for for the future and yes uh, I think yeah one year later I could race or two years later I don't know I could race in Hamburg that was my second one it mm -hmm. was a quite uh, strange year because of the of the uh, COVID virus but there I, I was like I think I was uh, more more prepared and I was uh, much closer to to the to the uh, race for the top uh, places I was 15 there and it was also a good good race to to learn and to to see those guys racing again mm -hmm. and yeah one year later was my next one at uh, at Leeds. It was uh, one year ago. To Leeds, I I went for for also for experience. But I knew I know that I knew that I I can be in pretty good position if if uh, I have a good day. So I didn't go just there to to try out this this uh, level of racing and. It was a pretty tough race with a really hard cycling course, and I was uh, I was really really struggling to stay to stay with the first group, but uh, but yeah, luckily I could uh, finish the bike with them, so I was really happy about that. But then I was cramping on the run, but but I could still finish, I think what. Uh, 24 positions so I was very happy about that I, I saw the the process so I knew that we are on on the good way to 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 step forward and yeah after that my last race was uh, in Abu Dhabi last year mm -hmm. that was also a really tough race because clearly I was out of my uh, best shape but it was still a uh, uh, a huge experience as well as as the earlier championship races and yeah it was good to to check the course before one year one year of the of the uh, world championship there mm. and it was it's a really tough course and the heat is also killer but but it was it was a nice race at all and, and in that race there was there were five hungarians right you fin you had a you finished 18th is that right Yes, but you 18, were still 18. like, but the fourth Hungarian. So I mean, yes, that kind of goes to show the, the strength of the, the Hungarian team at the moment. And and how does it, you know, given that you've got your Ben Sibisak and Mark Deves and so on there as well, you know, you have to sort of wait for your for your opportunities a bit, do you, with uh, with getting on those start lines? And and now that you've made that, you know, the, the that final jump up to the elite, is it gonna 
Is that going to make that a little bit easier to get the, hit those start lists? Yeah, it, it's really good for the start list to, to be in position. I do not have to, to be scared about not getting on the start list. And I think this situation, uh, the Hungarian Federation athletes are this strong. It's, it's uh, really, really good because we can really pull each other. And I really, really respect those athletes. Ben Sebicek is an incredibly talented and hardworking athlete like uh, Mark Devay as well. What he did in, in, uh, in the World Championship in Edmonton was really uh, brutal. He was in breakaway with Vincent Louis and Martin Farrell for the whole bike. So, yeah, they are also very strong athletes and Gabor Faldum and Tamás Tóth as well. So I think this is a, a quite good situation for the Hungarian Federation. We are fighting for, for the sports. And, and yeah, I think we were one of the, of the, of the uh, strongest nations at that race in uh, Abu Dhabi. So yeah, it's, it's quite cool thing. And yeah, I, I hope and I, I'm sure I will be much stronger for the next year and, and I can uh, join this race at the at the top mm. yeah because i suppose the like if you look back to your I, I mean 2018 obviously was the the junior world champs win but every year has been like a very noticeable progression right the, the step to under 23 and then getting the silver in lausanne and in that like brilliant finish as well and then Obviously, 2020, there was no under-23 world champs, but you still were able to kind of maintain that, at least have one WTCS in, in Hamburg. And it must it must be reassuring to, at least from an outside perspective, looking at your results and so on, at the end of each season, you seem to have been able to reflect on kind of progression, right? And you, you must feel like you've got momentum that's carrying you into each season and things to to build on but it looks like your trajectory has very much been a pretty steady one yeah uh, in the last uh, many years we always had had the plan and the major race of of the season and i think our uh, timing was always perfect because we we really focused uh, on that race what is what is the major run of the year so that that is why i could won the the junior world champs i think and it was a bit surprising to to come second just one year after after uh, the junior one, but uh, I knew I knew that I I can be on the podium if if my my uh, legs are very good. But I was a bit yeah uh, surprised that uh, this uh, silver came. But uh, yeah, I think we built built up these years very well, and then yes, yeah, sadly. I couldn't race in under 23 at 2020, but uh, we, we had the goal clearly for, for, the, for the last year because, yeah, you know, I, I got the, the silver in Lausanne, so we clearly wanted to, to get the, the gold in Edmonton. And because of this, there was a bit of uh, pressure, pressure on me because I really wanted that gold, but uh, yeah, I could, I could uh, find a bit of power in, in myself at the last kilometer and I, I could, uh, I could won that race and I was really happy about that. So, and I was also very happy about 
that this was my uh, third uh, World Championship medal. And yeah, as, as, as you said, it was really well planned and uh, it worked out well as well. And Tim, you know, the, the people that were on that, in and around that top 10 as well, at the finish in, in Edmonton, Tim Helvig obviously went on to get the Hamburg gold and Matt Hauser, Diego Moya, you know, had a really strong Olympic. So to come out on top of that and all those guys kind of breaking through Miguel Hidalgo and so on as well. It's uh, it's a real mine of talent that's going to be popping out this season. It's it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, I think it it was, uh, yeah, of course, a huge honor to race with these uh, very talented and uh, strong guys like team and Matt and uh, uh, Midago, like you said, and I think yeah, it's it was a year for these two, to these breakout uh, races as team uh, could won the Hamburg uh, race. He was incredibly strong there and uh, beated many many big names. So, and many young athletes could could do uh, similar good uh, results. Yeah, I think this generation is is really really strong, and I. I hope I will have the strength to to fight for the the good positions at the elite as well with them. Your time for the 10K in Edmonton was only 15 seconds slower than Christian Blumenfeld's, right? In the <laughs> um, so yeah, to be able to kind of be able to make those kind of comparisons and and also at the end of Carlo Vivari, one of the more brutal races on the course and that you know you were obviously even with 5k still to go on the run <laughs> like there was a there was some pretty uh, tired legs out there but uh, for you to know that you can kind of demand and and get that extra out of your out of your legs out of those final couple of kilometers um has got to be yeah it's, it's a nice nice thing to know you've got in the locker yeah, I think this is one of my uh, strengths to to always find a bit of uh, extra power in myself and and uh, push myself really to the to the limits. And uh, yeah, I think this is one of my my strengths. What can be what can be useful at the at the future as well as as it was in the past years. And is it, you know, is a lot of that, like you said, that the, the planning of which races you're going to hit and they're kind of looking ahead to each season is, is, do you leave quite a lot of that to your dad? Do you, you know, knowing that that experience is there, does he, does he tend to sort of take the lead a little bit in, in that planning stage? And you just, you know, after the last few years, presumably the older you get, the more input perhaps you have, but given the way things have gone over the last four or five years are you sort of quite happy to let him take the lead and make those decisions no as uh, as in the, the last uh, like some years we always do this planning together because uh, yeah he he has the plan in his head what he thinks would be the best but uh, but uh, he needs my my uh, my things as my uh, thoughts as well so we, we plan the, the season always together and uh, we chat a lot about it, but which races can be good or, or not really and uh, what steps we have to, to do to reach, reach that goal, what, what we want in long term. So not skip any, any key races 
and yeah this this is, i think this is why we are working good together because uh it's like an, an equal equal uh situation and we are both both uh planning and thinking how how could i be and and how could i be uh better and faster and what are those uh events what is what is necessary in at this road till mm -hmm. the olympics or or till the big goal and as far as you know the things being in place to enable you to do what you do obviously you yeah the hungarian triathlon federation is is enjoying a lot of success at the moment and uh as are as are you but you know in terms of just wonder presumably you've got some some pretty key sponsors on board that help just you know make the the administrative side of it you know the the infrastructure getting to where you need to be and you know it's not um it's not an inexpensive sport so i just wonder like in terms of your own experiences of like finding sponsors what and for those looking to follow in your footsteps and so on over the next couple of years like any any advice on yeah you know the the importance the ins and outs of of sponsorship and what to look out for or even to avoid yeah i have some major sponsors and i'm really thankful for them for being behind me and the triathlon the hungarian triathlon federation as well uh, what is always supporting me I think uh, as a young athlete, it's it's really not easy to find sponsors and yeah to to get a bicycle or or a running sponsor or anything like that because uh, these sponsors maybe like like the bigger names but has already achieved uh, many good results. But I think if you really enjoy what you are doing and you you really have the passion, the brands will will notice that and they will try to support you how how they can. For me, I think it, in Hungary it's it's not not an easy situation because uh, many brands does not have a, a Hungarian uh, seller or or something like that, and uh, some athletes are struggling to to get a bike sponsor. But uh, I I hope it will change in the future, so so the the athletes can be well treated. Yeah, you just gotta keep putting yourself out there and and doing what you do, I guess, and hope that things. Yeah, yeah, maybe some some will somebody will will see and notice yeah and then so yeah are you going to be using like the next few months for for some concerted some concerted training and you know what are the first the first races on the schedule for you and then it's, it's that build up to to abu dhabi is it that, that's really kind of your your focus i mean this this is a quite late season what is starting now i mean uh the races are are really not at the early part of the year my first one will be at the living indoor triathlon it's a really unique event and uh, i was racing there uh, some years ago and now i i will again i'm really excited about this one because uh, uh vincent louis will be also there and it's also and it's always a big honor to to race a uh, world champion next to him so mm -hmm. I'm really excited about uh, this one. It will be a good training race for for the for the season. And then I'm not sure yet uh, which races will happen, but I will focus on on the 
on the Arzahena World Cup. I think I can say that. Yeah. And then the, the World Championship Series, of yeah. course. Nice. So when is the indoor? When is Levin? It's uh, 13th of March. Yeah, it will be a very uh, full of action race, I think. Yeah. Does it? So your and your first experience of that was was when? A couple of years ago? Yeah, it was a quite good experience. Like two years ago, I, I think uh, Chris Perham won at that year. He was really quick on the run and I could uh, be on the on the second position just sprinting with uh, being one of my big idols uh, uh, Pierre Lacour he, mm-hmm. was, he was the third one it was uh, it was a really big memory to to race with him so you kind of you know that I would have sort of had you pinned as someone that standard Olympic distance would be your preference but you're pretty adaptable. You, you, you know, the, we've obviously got the arena games coming up in March as well. Is that something that you would quite fancy having a crack at as well then? Yes. I really like these, these very, uh, very short and very, uh, very intense races. Like, like it will be in Levin because I think at this part of the preparation, it's, it's really good. You can, you can, uh, practice everything more times because it's, it's a more round race and, uh, it really have, helps you to, to be quick for for the for the next mount. Usually, I, I start my season with with sprint uh, races like I did last year in Melilla. But uh, yeah, and then at the half of the season, I I start the Olympic distances or mm. or something like like that. But uh, this year, maybe I will be also uh, competing at the at the uh, at the Italian uh, Grand Prix uh, series. And they also have uh, like a super sprint, two round races, but it's also very good for preparation for me. Mm-hmm. So we will see what kind of races I do, but I really like those intense and uh, fast races as well and the Olympics as well. Great. Well, indeed then, good luck with all of that. We look forward to seeing you in Levin in uh, six weeks time or so. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been great getting to know a little bit more about, you know, the, the stories behind the man. So really appreciate it. Thanks, Jonga. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, best of luck for the season. Thank you very much. And see you on the, on the course. See you out there. Great. Kira Gupta Baltazar is the latest in a long line of Canadian triathlon talent. And while still yet to turn 20 years old, she already has three junior world championship appearances under her belt and put in an eye-catching Team Canada debut in the mixed relay at WTCS Montreal last year. Kira, welcome to the World Triathlon Podcast. How are you and where are you? Um, Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm doing well. I'm currently in San Francisco, California. Uh, studying biology and also training here as well. This is only my second semester here in San Francisco as last year due to COVID, I traveled to Arizona to train instead. Right. And how's it all going? How is the University of San Francisco life? It is very good. It's very exciting. I never run out of things to do when I'm not training. And the training here is also really good. It's kind of unexpected for such a big city, but there are so many great areas to run and ride um, just over the bridge and within the city as well. I mean, you've been doing triathlon for a very long time, right? I think I read somewhere 
literally since you were three or something? <laughs> um, well, not exactly. So I did one local race every year. It was Barry Shepley's um, little kids race. I did that once a year starting from the age of three, but I didn't start training for triathlon until I was about 16, actually. Mm -hmm. I was a swimmer and a soccer player. So I think that translated fairly well into triathlon because I had a swimming background and a little bit of a run background as well. Um, around 15 was when I reached out to him to um, kind of take that transition from swimming over to triathlon. And since the age of, I think it was uh, right before I turned 16 that I made that full transition into complete triathlon training. So, you know, you got used to obviously one style of coaching with Varian in Canada and then moving to, to the university there. How, how was it in terms of getting used to a new group, new coach, new techniques and so on, presumably as well? Um, I mean, it was a big change going from training just kind of on my own and with a team, but really just for myself. And then coming here and training under a coach with um, eight or so other girls. And so I wasn't really the main focus anymore, but I think it's been a pretty smooth transition because I still work with Barry on the side and the coach here has been um, really awesome and supportive about my world triathlon goals as well. And so it hasn't been um, a hard transition at all. And how often do you actually kind of represent the university in the, it's the collegiate obviously system right the collegiate athletic system is world renowned in the states anyway but from what i would imagine triathlon is you know it's still kind of breaking out there a bit is it yeah i mean i only represent usf in races about two or three times a year right now so um in the in maybe October I race a couple of races and then November is when our national championship for collegiate races occurs in Arizona um, but NCAA triathlon is definitely a little bit behind it but it's still growing obviously it will never probably get to the levels of uh, football and basketball because the Americans definitely love their football and basketball but I think it's definitely a growing sport here in the U.S. Right now there's about 40 schools uh, but the number is definitely growing each year. I believe it only took um, the U.S. about six or seven years to get to that um, 40, 40 number so I think it'll definitely be growing. And as far as, you know, where you stand within the team, are there any, are there any other team members that have done like world triathlon racing or? Yes, actually. So uh, Jillian Cridge is on my team. She placed ninth in Lausanne in 20, yeah, in 2019 in Lausanne at the Junior Elite World Championship. So there's definitely a couple of us that uh, also do quite well outside of collegiate racing as well. And I mean, the, the kind of Canadian junior under 23, there's sort of, there's a lot of you kind of breaking through at the moment, right? I mean, saw you in Cartera with Noemi and I mean, there was four or five of you in the top 15 or top 10 of that start list alone, right? I mean, is that very much an indication of, of how strong the athletes coming through are? Yes, I, I think it is. Um, 
yeah, it was pretty awesome. We had five people on the start list at Worlds. And I think it's just an indication of how strong the Canadian junior talent is right now. And we have so many girls just climbing the ranks and so much talent, um, specifically coming out of Quebec in Canada. And I think it's really exciting for the future of triathlon in Canada. I was just talking to Miguel Hidalgo, who will now have been on the last one. And he was saying, you know, how much, how important it would be for Brazil to host a WTCS or World Cup in terms of like breaking through. And, you know, do you get the feeling that Edmonton and Montreal now having hosted, having played host for so many years, obviously has had a bit of a knock on effect, do you think, for bringing people through? And mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important that um, the younger generations get to see these older senior athletes, like really the best in the world. They get to see them compete on home soil. Um, and I think that it's really important for the development of the sport in Canada because they get to see with their own eyes what they can do, what the potential is. And the sport just gains so many more fans if people are able to see it like right in their backyard. Were your kind of formative years spent on the side watching triathlon as well as taking part? Um the year before I got into triathlon, I believe it was um, maybe 2016 or 2017 that the grand final was in Rotterdam. And I actually flew out just to watch and take in the, the energy and um, the excitement uh, of the athletes and the feeling of world of the, a world championship. Oh, wow. You went, you went all that way just to just to be like, like with the team or just kind of with your family and uh, like, right, mom and dad, this is what I want to get into. How did that, how did that yeah, go? Yeah, it was, um, it was actually Barry's idea. He, um, I went with him and my mom and he just really wanted to show us what my future could look like and really uh, show me what I could be and what my potential could be. And just, it really just instilled this like excitement in me and this passion to excite. It made me want, it made me want to be there. And he's, obviously, he's obviously been uh, a central figure in, in Canadian triathlon as well. Right. I mean, how presumably he just sort of exudes experience that, that you just kind of soak up and so on. But um, does he work with any of the other, athletes that were in Quartera, for example, or are you the lucky one for as far as? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I would be considered the lucky one because he, uh, he mainly works with age group athletes right now. Um, but I, I'm thinking he's, he's always scanning for talent over in Ontario, just um, going to running races and swim meets and seeing who has the potential to be a triathlete. <laughs> I guess from that Rotterdam watching and from that moment to Montreal last year, standing on a start line wearing the, the Canada colours and representing the, the country for, for the mixed relay in, in the space of four years is, is a pretty impressive trajectory. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was, it's really been a short journey so far, but it feels like forever since I was standing on the start line and gold coast i feel like i've some i've come such a far a far way yet there is always more to improve on as well when you got that call up then what how did it how did it come about when you got the the message saying kira we want you on the team for this race in montreal yeah um i i put my name in 
uh, just, you know, I, I figured it was a little bit of a long shot because I'm still quite young and don't have many accolades under my belt. But um, I think they are looking for some fresh, um, fresh legs and, you know, some younger talent and just wanted to see how I would do. And um, yeah, I think, I think it went pretty well. It was definitely really exciting to be on the start line with some of the names that were racing. And it was just going in there and seeing what it was like. And it was definitely a, it was a tough race, but it really showed me what level I have to be at to be competing with those top girls. Yeah, well, and yeah, you're lining up with Taylor Spivey and Emma Jackson, and then you come out of the swim, turn around to see them sort of 10 seconds back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I obviously knew that a lot of these girls had raced two or three times a couple of days before, and I had just come fresh out of quarantine. But um, when I was running out of the water up that hill into transition and um, just seeing all the spectators and the fans lining um, the stands up above me and just cheering. It was definitely a surreal experience and reminded me really why I do triathlon and I'm so honored to um, represent my country. And then I guess like just seeing the way that they were still able to attack the bike and then the run. It, it's obviously it's it's great to have those positives, but equally it's great to have those moments, I guess, is it where you know, to see where that bar is, I guess. Yes, definitely. It was definitely a humbling experience um, seeing that they could still push so hard after having a, a tough weekend. And it, it, I definitely made some mistakes and it was definitely a great learning experience. Um, and definitely mixed relay in the super sprint is something that I see in my future. So I learned quite a lot and I'm really excited to get back out there and show what I've been working on. I guess as soon as you have that taste of a WTCS, part of you is just going, I got to get more of that. I got to get more of that. But at the same time, you know, you just got to, it's just a case of getting as many races under your belt as possible. And, and actually as a part of the, it, you know, the master plan from Barry, for example, is it to maybe actually step back from WTCS again for a while, even if the start lines were, were achievable by, you know, depending on how the Canada process went yeah I think right now my plan is just to take every opportunity as they come obviously um, I'm still quite young and don't have a lot of that experience so it's definitely important for me to to keep racing the continental cups um, and you know getting that experience and doing well in those and then you know kind of moving up as as I can into world cups and then whenever triathlon Canada needs me, um, I'll be ready to go. Um, I think that just every experience is meaningful, no matter what kind of race it is, because you can learn something from every course, um, different athletes on every start line. So uh, I de I'm definitely excited for, um, uh, for the prospect of racing some more WTCS events, but uh, I definitely think it's important to take a step back and um, get that experience first as well. And you've, yeah, you, I mean, you haven't done a World Cup yet, have you? No, I have not. So would that be like a target for 22 or yeah, is it 
are, are those kind of things a bit out of your hands like you you'll apply for you put your name in the hat for uh, several races and just see what happens yeah i mean i hope i get on some world cup start lines this season just to see what what that kind of racing is like but yeah everything is kind of up to chance right now with covid and everything going on so i can throw my name in the hat and kind of see what happens are you yeah as far as covid goes are you able to throw your hat in the bag bag in the cat <laughs> are you able to um I, can you travel outside of Canada easily enough for the moment or are restrictions still quite tight? Um, there are definitely still some restrictions, but they've um, eased them up a little bit. And so I've, I've, I have plans to travel this summer to race in Europe and I should be able to get into the country quite easily as well um, because they've lifted a little bit of, of the restrictions. It's still a bit hard to, to book pool time and stuff like that but um as an elite athlete it's a little bit easier to to get by get some exemptions which has been um really nice and really helpful as well yeah well no I bet because, because I mean from from Lausanne grand final to well it was it was basically a two-year period where you were kind of off the, the the start lines right were you able to still were there smaller races that the that you were able to do how difficult was that period for you to to kind of manage yeah I mean I think I developed a lot as an athlete during COVID although I was forced to take a step back from world triathlon racing I entered I entered some local racing that was really helpful to help build my confidence and I also just really really worked on what I needed to work on in Lausanne obviously I knew that my running was wasn't up to par with where it needed to be so that is really what I focused on for two years I was just um I knew where I needed to be and so I trained at that level and I think it it really paid off and although it was tough to see a lot of my competitors out there racing and getting points I knew that in the long run it was really important for me to you know just keep my head down and keep training because I know that um that one day I'll be on I'll, I'll be on a start line again <laughs> yeah and I suppose it's it's a little easier to reflect on that now as well isn't it but at the time you know a year can feel like forever can't it and I mean how did how did you sort of cope generally as a person you know in terms of the frustration and so on and um you know a lot of time for sort of self-reflection or analysis that can be good and bad as well right I mean yeah how do you sort of look back on that period um I think the beginning of COVID was definitely the hardest I was in my senior year of high school and it definitely felt really isolating to have to stay at home and I felt like I was missing out on so much like my graduation and um my prom and I I felt really bad for myself but you know the pandemic and quarantine forced me to stay home and spend more time with my family and my friends and set goals for life after COVID. And so I think that ultimately that experience ended up being a really positive one for me because I was able to really take a step back and I was forced to slow down from, you know, school and training and just balancing all that. And I could really just focus on myself and, you know, take care of my mental health that, you know, had kind of 
um, fallen a little bit after being so busy in high school, just, just with so many goals and so many things that I had to do. So I think that it was actually a, a great, a great experience for me. I mean, for me personally, I know that it was, it was very hard for the world, but I'm, I'm really grateful that I had that, that opportunity. And I'm grateful for the, um, the opportunities that I had uh, during the pandemic. So yeah, able to concentrate on your running and, and dial into that a lot. And do you feel, I don't know, like technically capacity, all of those things have, have taken big leaps over that period then? Yeah, um, I definitely worked on my biomechanics uh, over COVID. I was a very big heel striker before and um, I tried to fix that and I did that pretty well. And um, that also helped a lot of the injuries that I had been um, working through um, during my junior years. So I definitely just worked technically on my run and then just building up my mileage as well. Um, was another was another key factor there so you've kind of quite fundamentally changed your running style have you to is that something that was analyzed at the university is that something that you would do with your coach um well it was actually done at home with um like my club team and Barry back home um but I think for anyone dealing with a lot of injuries like I had I had pretty bad chin splints for, for about three years three four years or so and so I would definitely recommend anyone who has been experiencing sort of chronic injuries to get that checked out because it was definitely a huge eye-opener for me. Yeah, those little things, I guess, that you can bring in that make the world a difference, do they? Yeah, um, I'm a huge believer in, you know, fixing the little things because they're just going to give so many long-term gains. Um, and once I figured out that my the heel striking was uh, a cause of my um, shin splints. And it also just, um, in my case, slowed me down a lot. And so when I started striking with more of a midfoot, it was like, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to feel. And so are you also, you said you were kind of increasing the, the mileage as well. Is that with a view, obviously like your first Olympic distance races will probably, well, certainly come over the next couple of years, possibly this year or is that something that you would rather hold off a bit on as well? Um, I mean, I've raced one Olympic before in September of 2020 at, um, in Ontario, the Canadian Pro Triathlon Championships, which is the PTO backed event, was um, held near my near my house actually, and so I just. I was on that start line just just for a little bit of fun to see how an Olympic would feel and um, it was quite hard the bike and the run were just getting through it but um, I have definitely ramped up the mileage a little bit in the last uh, two or three months or so so I think I'll focus still on um, getting the sprint and the super sprint distances down packed for this year but maybe in the later part of the year see if I can um, do a couple couple Olympic distances and um, maybe get on the U23 Worlds start line as well in November. And that will be Abu Dhabi. You said like the run and the bike was was difficult, but as far as just, you know, doubling the length of the swim as well, presumably you probably went out quite hard and fast early on, regardless of what you've been telling yourself to do or not do, right? So 
yeah how did that pan out as well on the swim um yeah the swim I, I always try to take advantage of the swim and doubling the distance is definitely to my advantage um so my mindset was always just you know like see how far out I can get um and don't really look back until I'm on the bike has always been um my goal really because I know that I can use that swim to um kind of get out in the front of the race and um yeah try to drop as many girls as I can presumably like the, the bike is something is it that, that Barry is specifically working on quite a lot that is that a focus of the training at the moment and what what particular what are the what are the gains that you can make that the sort of the I suppose the easy wins they're not going to be easy wins at this stage already but yeah where are the where are the focuses exactly within the bike um yeah so here at the university the coach has kind of just been ramping up the miles on the bike um rather than the intensity so it's her her um strategy is ramp up the miles first and just more hours spent on the bike seat um it is quite hilly here in San Francisco and there's lots of climbs which have been really good for my riding as well and just you know make me a more powerful athlete which is, will be good for the Olympic distance um but yeah I definitely take advantage of those hills and I think that it'll really pay off even on flat courses as well because um I can just uh, push more power were you there for most of the off season as well presumably going back to Toronto middle of winter that's going to limit opportunities for biking so were you just back to San Francisco as early as possible or did you not even go back yeah I actually spent a month at, at home in Toronto over December just to uh, see family over Christmas but it was definitely nice to come back to San Francisco and be able to train outside without it being negative 30 degrees Celsius and snowy <laughs> But it, it was definitely a time to just take my mind off of like intense training and focus on building more of a base and spending time with my family at home because I know that the upcoming years will mean more racing and more training camps away. So it was nice to kind of sit back for about a month or so. Great. All right. Well, we have been asking everyone on these breakthrough interviews uh, the same few questions. Uh, so I'd like to rattle through these if that's all right with you. Um, so your what do you consider your breakthrough race slash best results so far be it literal or just personal um I'd say my best result so far was this past November NCAA nationals where I took the individual title and it was less so the title but and more so just what I had gone through to get there it was my third weekend in a row of racing and um, I was really mentally and physically drained um, with all the travel and all the expectations that had been leading up. Um, so I was really happy to get that title uh, for myself and for my team as well. And I think it um, really showed how hard I've been working as well, um, because previously um, in world triathlon races, it had been, you know, I would swim and I would be at the front of a race and then be with the pack on the bike and then get dropped on the run. But um, in Arizona at nationals, I swam, biked and run and ran at the front. And it was just, it was a really um, just like self-assuring moment for me. And I was real, I'm really, really proud of that. 
And to do it in the backyard of Arizona, who, by the sounds of it, are pretty much, uh, they got a bit of a track record there, haven't they? So that was the first title yeah. going to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, I was really excited about that to just kind of uh, break ASU's uh, streak for a little bit. I mean, I was still the fifth Canadian, so I'm happy to continue that streak. <laughs> <laughs> fifth in a row that's won that in what is a, which is a USA only event yeah so um you're treading a, last, a well-worn path there yeah um with i think hannah henry and kyla roy have kind of taken turns with uh winning that title okay uh and so who would be your perfect training partner and where would you do it i'd have to say that my perfect training partner would be flora duffy for the obvious reasons and um just because to me, she's, she's such an inspirational athlete. I mean, she's 34, 35 years old, and she's had to overcome some injuries. And I just would like to spend some time with her and really pick her brain about everything she knows, everything she's been through and how she handles all that expectation and pressure. And I think my perfect training destination would probably be Hawaii because I've never gone and I just see the pictures of the the beaches and that I just yeah that it looks perfect. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I, that that sounds good. I'm sure if you wafted a uh, flight ticket to Hawaii under her nose, she might go for that as well. <laughs> but yeah, take your point. Like as far as somebody who obviously thinks incredibly about every aspect of the racing right and and drills down into things and arranges her team incredibly specifically around exactly what she wants to do um i would imagine she would be someone you would learn a lot from were you watching her win in tokyo did you see it as it happened or? yes i was yeah it was just just watching her and her face and she was always so focused she had one goal when she was there and it, it was so obvious and it was really really inspiring to watch uh so as far as a, your biggest inspiration from inside or outside the sport who would that be I mean definitely Flora inside um triathlon I think that she just embodies so much of what I want to be as an athlete um and just her career is incredibly inspiring and something to look up to outside of triathlon do you get much time uh apart from between studies and training, what do you get up to? Um, well, currently in San Francisco, I think one of my main hobbies has been just exploring the city with my teammates. There's a never ending amount of coffee shops and places to eat and places to take in the site. So that has definitely been um, what I spend most of my time doing apart from studying or training. Right out. Yeah, good in the rich tradition of triathlon training and stopping for coffee and cakes. Good place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a fact that people might not know about you. Um, I think one interesting fact would be that the first sport that I ever competed in was dance. I was a as a ballerina actually, until my parents realized that my athletic strengths were not the grace and coordination required of a dancer <laughs> <laughs> oh that was that there that was a, a classic sort of mother vision was it of just like this is this is where she will be 
She has to be out. It there. was actually my father's. My father oh. wanted me to go into dance. I think he had a vision of a his little girl just being so graceful up on stage until he realized that that was that was not what I was meant to do. Ah, oh, did did they have anything to do with your sort of decision to go into biology medicine? Um, well, I have a very um, medically inclined family, I guess would say like a lot of my family members are doctors or surgeons and so it's sort of been a natural path for me to follow um we'll see if I actually end up in medical school or not but right now it's sort of sort of the track I want to take and my parents and family are happy to support me with no matter what I want to do cool um all right so goals for 2022 obviously we've touched on a few but um yeah I come sort of November, December, or you're flying back from Abu Dhabi, all being well, what uh, what would you be looking back on and thinking, job done? Um, I think probably my biggest goal for this year would to um, be selected for Team Canada for the Commonwealth Games. Um, it's uh, definitely going to be a tough selection because there is a lot of Canadian talent right now, but it would definitely be my my A goal for the year. Nice. Uh, Joe Brown obviously got bronze four years ago, right? In Gold Coast. Yeah. 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 I was so. Is it Desiree Redenor who represented yeah. as well? And she was like eighteen or nineteen as well, I think, when she did. Wasn't she kind of young? Yeah, she was quite young. Yeah. Um, is she still racing? Do you know? Um, I haven't seen anything from her or heard of anything but I think I believe she is still racing I think she might have been um just working through some injuries right now for the last couple of years but mm-hmm. I think she'll be back and this might be coming straight through the words through the mouth of Barry Shepley through you but a a, a top <laughs> training tip for those who would be looking to follow in your footsteps what would be your piece of advice or insight um, my one piece of advice would probably be to just keep training fun and, you know, um, keep the love of the sport. It's kind of cliche, but I think that you will train your best and perform your best if you're doing what you love and it's less of a job and more of, um, a passion. I think that as that, that is something that I carry with me and I try to be excited and, um, for every workout whether it's a 5 a.m swim or an easy ride it's just something that I want to be doing and I think that would definitely that would definitely be my one piece of advice and are there are there different layers to that like your so pursuing your passion obviously helps you get up and out of the house but but is that pursuing your passion also not necessarily just to one day become world champion and go to the olympics but at the same time on a more sort of day just like being pushing yourself and feeling like you're achieving just little things right it's not necessarily about a podium but or even if it's just like being in good shape being like the best example of yourself I guess is that does it come in different layers like that yeah I think so I mean for me sport is so complex and there's so many different reasons that I do it but one of them is definitely because it just makes me happy and um this environment especially the triathlon 
environment and the community is just so uplifting and it you know it makes me feel good every time I cross the finish line just um just the accomplishment of racing and um training it's it's definitely a, it feels um very satisfactory every time I complete something and just makes me feel really good well as seemed to be on display like certainly in Quatera in Portugal and that obviously came in the middle of a big race block for you right that was a kind of hectic time but but equally like the atmosphere around that race and it was obviously a beautiful place to be doing it as well um and yeah the whole it all just seemed to be like a nice a nice setup and the kind of thing that well frankly is quite easy to get passionate about and and enjoy (laughs) yeah I mean all the places that get we get to race are definitely um another bonus of the sport and um traveling is definitely another thing that I'm really passionate about and really excited to do more of in the future as well okay so Commonwealth Games say you were on the uh mixed relay team as well it's the last question what would be the song that you would want to go out to well I am from Toronto so I can't not say a Drake song so I would probably say jump man by Drake in future jump man by Drake all right she'll definitely have to look into that one then that's good and specific I like it (laughs) all right Kira well thanks very much it's been great to catch up with you and yeah wish you very well obviously for the for the season ahead and hope everything clicks into into place and we're catching you uh in abu dhabi after the race there as well yes thank you so much for having me